to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech. I'm Jude Jennison, the host of this podcast, and I'm the founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I work with senior leadership teams to help them align through behavioural change. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the intersection between technology, humanity and leadership and looking at how we use technology to be more human and increase emotional connection and enhance the way that we live and work. I'll be interviewing leaders from technology businesses who are at the forefront of changing how we live and work. You will not want to miss this. Some of the conversations have been enlightening and inspiring and I hope you enjoy them as much as I have done. Kim Leary is the owner of Squibble, a web design agency, and she's also chair of Birmingham Tech Week. We discuss the acceleration of technology to regenerate business growth after the pandemic, the way that technology underpins every business, the importance of collaboration and the ecosystem needed to support tech businesses and maintain the presence in the West Midlands. We also talked about the skills needed for the future as technology grows and the culture of businesses to ensure that we don't lose sight of who we are as human beings in a virtual world. Have a listen. Hi Kim, thanks for joining me today. Hi Jude, yeah, thank you for having me. Can you tell us who you are and what you do please? Yeah, so my name's Kim Leary. Um, I run a web design agency called Squibble. I've done that for nearly 10 years. I am also chair for Birmingham Tech Week uh, and I am a mentor for the NatWest Accelerator in the Birmingham Hub. So tell me, tell me first of all about Birmingham Tech Week. How, how did that come about that you started to chair that? <laughs> Good question. Uh, Birmingham Tech Week came about 18 months ago. We did our first festival of technology uh, nearly two years ago in October and the idea stemmed from a need and a want for people to collaborate more within tech. There's lots of tech businesses, there's lots of startups in tech in Birmingham. Birmingham's the biggest incubator for startups outside of London, um, but Birmingham doesn't always collaborate very well. We don't always work together. We don't always know what other people are doing. And so it was this need to really try and bridge that gap. Uh, we have lots of innovators, lots of creators, um, but we're not always aware of what each person's doing. So the week was really started as a, an opportunity to shine a spotlight on Birmingham, to inspire people into a career in tech and to inspire people just to learn more about what tech can do. And from a personal point of view, from a business point of view, we're in the age of digital transformation. And so the, the week was intended to just provide more knowledge and insight into those kind of areas. And it's, it's ironic, isn't it, that um, technology is often seen as a tool of collaboration. And yet what I'm hearing is that in Birmingham, people historically haven't, haven't collaborated, haven't shouted out about the great work that technology companies are doing. Why, why do you think that is? It's a really good question. I think it's, I don't know if the support is necessarily there. So we were able to create startups. We create lots of startups, but we're not able to support them and help them scale. So there are incubators that exist. There are things like um, the NatWest Hub and Tech Nation who do a very good job, but they're very limited with the resources that they've got. Um, 
And so I think the issue is that we're not, we exist in our own bubble and we use our own support networks because we don't know where else to go. Um, this was when I started um, Scribble in 2010, this was my main uh, barrier. I didn't have a network. I didn't know who to turn to. There wasn't any support that was available. Um, and that's one of the things that I really struggled with. So I think being able to know if I need support in X, Y, and Z, then I can go to this person or I can go to this network. I think one of the things that Birmingham really needs is a really, a really good access to investors um, in terms of support, advice, and, and really an ear, <laughs> somebody to talk to. Uh, and then advice on what direction to go in, because there's so many different funding options and it's not always, yeah, there can be lots of different options that are available and it's just knowing which is right. Because it's quite, it's quite confusing, isn't it, sometimes when you're, when you're in the nuts and bolts of your own business to, to know where to turn to outside of it. Um, yeah. And yet there are so many businesses in Birmingham who've all got experience of having scaled up and, gone through all the same challenges but also there's a real strength in the, them collaborating together because many of them will have the same presumably the same client bases um different yeah. you know different skills that they can bring definitely I think the issue is that whilst the company might start in Birmingham often if it's scaling it will move outside London obviously is a big pull most of the investors are in London um, products are then geared towards the London market or to the way that things are done in London and not so much in Birmingham and I think that's where the collaborations break down because we're sending our uh, homegrown businesses out of the city uh, to, to kind of find the funding that they need or the support that they need and I think that's why we're not always aware of what's going on and what companies are, are working in the city. So you've run you've run two Birmingham Tech Weeks now what what have been some of the key benefits that you've seen from from running that and I know it's not just a an ad hoc week in a, in a calendar I know there's lots going on all year round but specifically from the tech week what what have been some of the benefits you've seen so our goal is to obviously shine a spotlight on Birmingham uh, when we ran the event last year uh, we I know that we had people move from London to the West Midlands <laughs> <laughs> which I was really excited by. Um, really? As a result of the Tech Week? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that for me is, I was really proud of that. Um, and I think that if we can keep doing that, <laughs> uh, we've got brilliant universities, you know, we've got brilliant business schools. We've got a really good um, education in, in Birmingham um, and strong and strong universities we just need to make sure that there is the ecosystem to support them when they leave university and they don't go to, to other cities. Um, and I'm kind of talking from experience, you know, my view was I graduated from Loughborough University in uh, a fashion background, really. Where do I go for fashion? London. Um, that was one of the choices that was available to me. It was London or Leicester. Um, but actually when I graduated, in 2008, the markets had crashed and the graduate schemes were no more anyway. So <laughs> it kind of didn't matter. Yeah, I've been there. I had been there a bit earlier than you in 1990. I had the same thing. Yeah, yeah. And let, I mean, you know, we're kind of in, in the throes of, of going back into another recession. 
Um, I think certainly for Birmingham, tech is what's going to, to boost us out. Uh, I think tech in Birmingham is one of the biggest employers. We employ nearly 40,000 people within the tech sector. Uh, it's a growing industry. Digital is the way forward. We've got uh, from companies that I speak to who who understood digital transformation but never knew the need for it and didn't really understand what it meant. And sitting, you know, when you're not actually able to leave your house, how do you then transfer documents or the processes that you had before, which was face-to-face? How do you how do you turn that into a digital process? Mm. How do you get a piece of paper signed when you can't meet face-to-face? All these different things um, are you know, tip from big corporate offices where paper is the currency <laughs> and you go around with emails that are printed off or documents that you write on, can't do that. Mm. Uh, so And you I've don't need to either. No, and that's it. But until you're actually forced to make the change, you don't need to. Mm. So I think we have, in the last five months, fast-forwarded five years in terms of digital transformation and people being aware of the opportunities and what they can do and the tech that's out there that they can use for that. Yeah, I mean, I think 2020 has really shone the spotlight on what's actually possible in a virtual world, hasn't it? Yeah. And and also, what what I'm hearing from you is that in a, in a similar way to the finance sector underpins every every business because you can't have a business without finance um or not that i know of that that it's starting to well it is the same for for technology because even even something like my work where i bring clients out to work in a field of horses um it's technology that underpins everything else that i do it's all of the onboarding process the crm system the finance systems um you know, the presentations that I do, all of my, everything that underpins my business is underpinned by technology. Yeah, there's there's some crazy stats about how much you can um, increase your company's value just by adopting tech first. Mm. So one of the most surprising companies that you wouldn't think of being a technology company is Domino's. Mm-hmm. Um, Domino's is seen as a tech company and it puts itself forward as a tech company and I think maybe 10 years ago its share prices was $2.40 or $2.60 it's now $460 the reason for that is because they uh, they they knew that technology was something that they needed their business to be built around uh, and they they change their business model. So effectively, they're a tech company because of the tracking software that they use. Mm. You pay quite a lot for a pizza, but you pay it because you know that it will be delivered to your door. You can order it on the app and it will be delivered within 20, 25 minutes. And then you can track it and see where it is and see how close it is. Um, so everything that Domino's do is built around this, this app and this technology. And interestingly, one of the things that they did is there's a, an app that you can download, which has got um, photograph pizzas, and it's a competition, and it's AI, artificial intelligence. The app is training itself to photograph, um, to learn from the pizzas that you photograph. If it gets it wrong, and it doesn't guess that it is a pizza, then you win a pizza. Oh, brilliant. 
but the question is what are they doing with this ai that they're training what are they what do they want it to be and the thought process is that potentially it could be to completely um you know remove people from the the prep the prep stage so if the if the tech is used at the end to photograph the pizza to see if it's actually finished i don't know maybe that could be a thing you wonder why they're sending out games and competitions to train this this piece of technology if they're not going to use it for something um but they are so forward thinking they have 800 employees and 400 are developers okay. <laughs> So it's things like that. And you'd never consider Domino's as a tech company. Mm. And so where, that, where, where my questioning then goes is what, what then is the future of humanity in the workplace, <laughs> given that every business is becoming a tech business? Does, does that mean that we need to grow the developer skills? Are we replacing being a chef and using a robot to create a pizza, for example, are we replacing chefs with developers? And and do we need different skills for the future? Yeah, I, it's a really difficult question. Um, I think ultimately, yes, obviously, and tech and robots have been replacing people in, in work for a long time, but mm -hmm. they create other jobs, so other opportunities will come from them. I think the biggest thing that we need to focus on is culture and how we can manage and maintain a positive culture. So whilst tech might come in and replace particular roles, it's actually making sure that the roles that it replaces, the people are looked after and managed. Um, and it's also like the education side of things. Why is it better to use this piece of technology? What will it generate? What will it create? And how, as human beings, can we interact with the technology and interact with each other? Particularly, you know, in this virtual world where most people are working from home, as a, as a company owner, to manage culture and to manage people compared to sitting in an office next to each other and having a conversation is really difficult. Um, how, how have you done that with your own business? Um, so we have regular Zoom calls, um, to be honest, if, if there's something that can be done in a phone call, I'll tend to ring or use WhatsApp chat. What we've found is that in a phone call, you can still retain some of the laughter and the fun, but Zoom comes with a very different, a different approach and it's much more serious and it's I don't know. Um, Do you think that's because we we have a tendency to sit still a bit more in front of a Zoom because there's that sense of you know if you're moving around too much you it's just a bit too distracting. Does that does it make us a bit more rigid? Do you think when we sit in front yeah. of a screen? Yeah, I think it does, and you can't read people's emotions. You can't see what people are doing with their hands. You can't see if they're fidgeting, if they're bored, if they want to move on. So you've got none of the cues that you'd normally take. Mm. Uh, so, uh, which is why I'll switch between the two. If there's something that we need to do where we need to share the screen, we'll do it on Zoom, but otherwise a phone call because you can still keep, it's, it's less pressure, I think. We're not staring at little boxes of each other. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, back at the beginning of the, of the pandemic and the, and the lockdown, and um, by the time this, this recording goes out, it'll be, it will be 2021. And, 
and at the moment we're still in 2020, but during this period of time at the beginning of the lockdown, I think everybody suddenly flooded to Zoom and Teams and all of the others and, and were quite delighted by how easy it was to build a relationship and a rapport in this way. What I'm hearing now is that over time you've started to go back to old technology, if you like, of a mobile phone or a, yeah. um, you know, or, or a WhatsApp message because somehow that that is creating more connection. Tell, tell me more about that. I'm really curious about that. So I think it's the structure that comes with having to plan a Zoom meeting. With a phone, you can just pick it up and have the call and it's instant. So it's instant gratification. You get the answers that you need. The energy is, is retained. I find, personally, I find it difficult to schedule in so many Zoom calls um, because then you have to wait and then the anxiety will build up and then actually you could have just asked the question on the phone. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, that's for me with our team. I think with um, new clients, it's different. I think we will probably keep a Zoom call before we meet face-to-face, if and when we're <laughs> to ever meet again. Um, I think we'd keep the Zoom call as a first conversation because actually with new clients, it is nice to see people's faces mm. and it does make a difference and it does feel more personable um, yeah. for new client conversations. So that works. So I think we'd probably like to keep that. Um, and also it saves time on travelling. Well, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? Because I'm certainly, you know, all my sales conversations now are, are on Zoom and, and just as effective, but without, the, without taking a whole day to go down to London for an hour's meeting mm. or, or even to go into Birmingham because I'm not, I'm not based in the city of Birmingham. I'm an hour and 20 minutes outside. So to, to go in for an hour's meeting, is, it's effectively, it's at least half a day and most of the time it's a full day out whereas now an hour's meeting is an hour's meeting yeah and and I think so many of us are being much more productive aren't we and I think where where I think you're pointing me to reflect on is to really start to think about we've got such a wealth of technology that we can use for lots of different ways of collaborating and it's about choosing the right one that's fit for the purpose isn't it of like you can't you can't beat a face-to-face Zoom call as the first call with somebody. But once you've got their an image of them in your mind, you what I'm hearing is a phone call is sometimes more effective. Yeah, for us, that's what we found. I mean, for us, because we exist in the creative world, it can be really difficult to share ideas and to bounce ideas around. I we would always sit together typical you know marketing agency getting the post-it notes out getting the paper and doodling and drawing not being able to do that has become difficult and I think it means that we tend to focus on our projects individually rather than collaborate in the way that we would have done before but also on the flip side when we do come together we've got we've got a few pieces of technology that we use Um, the first one's called big flip which is literally a board that you have on your computer screen and you can move little post-it notes around. (laughs) So we would create the little sheets that we'd normally have on the wall with the headings and the questions. And then because it's, um, everybody can access it at the same time. So we can all be putting post-it notes whilst we talk and whilst we speak. Clients love it because they can see everything appearing in front of them. 
we love it because we can save a picture of it afterwards and refer back to it if we need to. Mm. Um, and then with all of the, the knowledge from what we call a discovery session. So in that discovery session, we'd be asking questions to tease out information. And then we can take that and start putting that into a wireframe, which we also do in a tool called Figma. A wireframe is a basic rough sketch of how a web page might look. And it's literally just boxes. So you can really quickly iterate and change and go, we want this message to be here or we want that message, that's more important. And we can move things around. And again, the client can see it, it's in front of them. And that's all on Zoom. And what we find is that it's really productive because nobody wants to hang around on Zoom. <laughs> so people are quick to make decisions, um, but also it means that we can bring in a lot of the key stakeholders because there's no traveling time. Um, and so it's easy to dial in. People can dial in for a smaller section of the meeting, the beginning or the end. Mm. Um, and so from that point of view, it has been it's been really productive and there's certain ways you have to learn different ways of being able to manage it and making sure things don't go off on you know, a different tangent or off track but actually client feedback we've had has been has been really positive um so does that does do, as the tech is is evolving i mean obviously as you say we've been forced into working in a different way as a result of the of the pandemic but given that we have accelerated that that journey now and and we are now operating remotely do you think that that we will be more open to collaborating online and in a virtual world and does that does that require us to continually think outside of the box in terms of how do we show up as human beings in a virtual world versus in a physical world yeah um i really hope so i really hope that we can keep the momentum that we've started to build um, I th my personal experience at the moment is that we are much more collaborative in our approach. Uh, I thought we were fairly collaborative before, um, but now it feels that we are even more so because we can quickly bring clients in um, and without having to plan and schedule days and meetings and, and that kind of stuff, we can quickly host um, an event. And so I think that from that point of view, yes. I collaboration for me is the way forward you know we are everybody's very good at what they do but sometimes you need people to bounce ideas off other people's experiences um you know particularly with with, with diversity we want our ideas to be as as diverse and as rounded as we can possibly make them um and i think what we find is that and this was my biggest concern at the beginning is that because we're all existing in our own bubbles mm do we necessarily see outside of those? Uh, and I think the Facebook is, is a great example because you like content, it shows you more content. So you only ever see the stuff that you like. And so you are never shown an opposing view. Mm. And so I think that's why we need collaboration because better ideas will come from it. Yeah, because we, we need to think in different ways, don't we? Um, you're, a, you're a woman running a design agency, um, which is at its heart a technology business. Yeah. <laughs> what would your what would your advice be to other women? Because I know I know historically women just don't join technology businesses, and and I know when I you know my background was I worked in IBM and um, and I never did anything technical, and um, 
had no I had no desire to but actually I really enjoyed working in a technology based business because I could see that it underpinned everything that was going on what would your advice be to to encourage more women into technology yeah so I think women are really underrepresented in in the IT profession I think it's like 12 percent of of uh, people working within the IT profession are women so mm-hmm. it is really low it's getting it's getting greater but it's I think that figure has been fairly consistent for the past five years so my advice would be just get out and do it like there's there is nothing I don't know it's weird um I've probably never been asked this question either so it's I've always been the odd one out I've always done things differently um I have dyslexia I am dyslexic so I think that probably (laughs) underpins a lot of my decisions um even at university I did printed textiles which was very floral very painterly not my style at all I wanted to do digital I wanted to use all the new printing equipment that they got that was all digital um my tutor hated it (laughs) (laughs) so I've always been a bit of a maverick and I think um within within technology um and working within technology as a as a female I it's not like I can turn around and say you have to shout louder or you have to act in a certain way because you don't. I think you have to have conviction in what you're doing and have confidence in what you're doing. Um, but ultimately, honestly, I think we all suffer sometimes from imposter syndrome. I do. I've written about it recently. It's, and it, that's men and women. Mm. Um, but there isn't, there isn't really anything that I can say apart from if you've got a dream and you want to do something, then just follow it and do it. Mm. Uh, there's certainly not going to be any barriers um, or there should not be any barriers right now I think we are um, becoming much more open to to kind of doing anything Um, if you've got an idea and you've got a way of wanting to work then then yeah go for it I don't know if that's the best advice (laughs) well I mean I think it is because I I think you're, you're right women are seriously underrepresented in tech but I think people still have the image of technology as being something that is programmers sat in a basement. Um, and believe me, I've been in some of those places. <laughs> and, and, in, and, you know, and there, there were days when it was men with beards sat in a basement. And, um, and I often managed the groups of those people. But, but actually, that's not what technology is about now. Technology is about how do businesses come together, create ideas, um, and use the technology to make those ideas happen. And, and so mm-hmm. I think there's an opportunity for women to be, to, to come with their creativity. I mean, for men for, to come with creativity too, but I think for women to come with ideas and creativity, and women often are very good at seeing what the problem is in a community. And, and there, therein lies the tech of the future, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say um, we all have a responsibility to call it out. So uh, if we, particularly with Birmingham Tech Week, we were very, very conscious about making sure that we had fair representation from all cultures and from from every, every background. I still see lots of posts on LinkedIn for panellists that are all white men with beards. And I call it out. (laughs) 
And I have to take a deep breath before I do it. And I do it politely. I'm not rude about it or anything. But I think the more times that we, that we, that we kind of say, look, this isn't right. You cannot have three middle-aged white men on a, on a, on a panel. It, we need to bring in different, different viewpoints. Um, so yeah, that's, and that's, I think, something that we should all be doing and all be mindful of. Um, the more that we talk about it and the more that it is in somebody's mindset when they're planning panels or they're planning discussions, they're planning their boards, they're planning their staff, their next staff hire, they are considering we need to make sure that you know the, the people that we look at we are we are offering fair representation yeah and and it, you know looking in, in at birmingham as a great example it's the i think it's the youngest city in europe um one of the most diverse cities if not the most diverse city in europe i think that if we're not representing in birmingham tech bringing it back to to birmingham if we're not representative of the population in Birmingham, then it's going to be so much harder to attract the right people that that can that can take technology forward. Yeah. What's your what can final question for you? What's your hope for the future in terms of how humans and technology interact and the relationship between the two? And I do know that's a big question, but I'm just I'm just interested in your your first thoughts around that. My first thought is that it's education. We need to be educated on why there is a benefit and how it can benefit. I think particularly with tech, there's a fear. Um, if you've not used something before or uh, you don't know how something works, then you, it's, it's the fear that comes with it um, and the anxiety that that can build up. So for me, I think it is about education. It's about how we can become more productive if we put our trust in solutions that will either do something faster or take away the mundane jobs that we don't like to do. Um, I think that's, yeah, I think that would be where my view is. I mean, we've got, we have such a huge reliance on um, Asana. Asana's like a project management tool. Mm -hmm. But for us, I'm really, really aware that our clients, when they see it for the first time, panic and go what is this I've got no idea what to click on I don't know if I should be clicking this button or entering text and for them it's a barrier and then actually it takes the fun out of the design process the creative process they feel scared by it mm. and so I think it's just being mindful and understanding that they are the, that's what's going to be going through people's minds and if we can help educate and kind of help hold, hold people's hands a little bit mm. um, then then it should yeah give us a, a fruitful future <laughs> thank you um i know i said that was the final question but i've got another one for you which is and this is the final question what was your standout moment from the last birmingham tech week um i think i think really it's got to be the teamwork um because as i say it's not something that we we thought that we would be able to deliver we thought people would be completely zoomed out mm. so I think it was teamwork and I think it was the way that that the Birmingham Tech Week team worked together with a mix of board members volunteers community leaders um, just the buzz and the energy and the passion that came from them and the ideas it's 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 like it's um, self-fulfilling so there is an idea it doesn't belong to any individual 
-hmm. We are all encouraged to share ideas and to take something and run with it and build it and, you know, um, share it with their networks and so that not one person is responsible for doing everything because then it can't grow. Mm -hmm. uh, and we want to be able to leave a legacy and we can't do that if it's just one person in control of everything. So it's almost like this this being this thing that exists that's growing uh and I think just the the passion everybody had for me was was what shined through and you know being being chair for for the boards I think that's one of the things I was most proud of because it goes our standards I think are really quite high so for me it goes without saying that the speakers were incredible the community events were incredible the uptake, the registrations just far surpassed all of our expectations. So I think for me, teamwork would be my number one. Well, Kim, you're a massive advocate of teamwork and collaboration, both human, you know, from a human point of view and from a tech point of view. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, no, thank you for having me. It's been brilliant. Thank you. I was surprised to think of Domino's as a tech company because I'd never considered them that way before. It just shows that technology is critical for all of us in how we live and work. I was also inspired by Kim being a fashion designer at heart and using those skills to set up a technology design business. She's such a great role model for other women and an inspiration to encourage us to see technology differently because it is at the heart and forefront of every business. Kim is clearly creating a legacy for women, for technology, for business and for Birmingham. What's the legacy you are creating in the world and how does technology support that? That's it for this week. You've been listening to Innovating Humanity, the official podcast for Birmingham Tech Week. I'm Jude Jennison, host of the podcast and founder of Leaders by Nature, a leadership and team development company. I hope you've been as inspired by this week's guest as I have. If you'd like to know more about how I help leaders and teams be more human in a world of technology, you may be surprised to discover I do it by working in a field with a herd of horses. Sound crazy? All innovation's crazy in the beginning. So if you like to think outside of the box and get rapid results, you can find out more at www.judejennison.com. And if you'd like to find out more about the exciting technology scene in Birmingham, hop onto the Birmingham Tech website at www.birminghamtechweek.com. Until next time, that's it from me, Jude Jennison, the official podcast partner for Birmingham Tech. <laughs>